Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, and I am here today with your guest host, Colleen Kessler. Colleen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Pam. It's nice to be here with you again. Yeah, and this is fun because we are actually here together. We're recording with one little microphone in here. Yeah, it's interesting going back and forth and sharing the same mic, but it's fun to share the same space with you. Yeah, so Colleen and I are working together this weekend on various projects, and so it's a lot of fun to get together with your homeschool friends. I encourage everyone to do that. And speaking of homeschool friends, you are actually talking with one of your best homeschool friends today on the show, aren't you? I am. And I'm so excited to bring this episode to your listeners because Kate Curley from the blog mylittlepoppies.com is one of my very best homeschool friends. And we run a Facebook group together that supports parents of gifted and twice exceptional children called Raising Poppies. And we got a chance to talk about something. We talked a little bit about giftedness, but we talked a lot about one of her favorite topics, game schooling. Okay, I love this. I am. Uh, she actually has another Facebook group about games, and I am a member of that particular Facebook group. And it's really bad for my Amazon because the members there are so passionate about games and they're constantly sharing games that they're playing in their homeschools. And I've bought a few of them and they have really turned out to be some of our very favorite. I won't say homeschool games because they're just family games. We pull them out on family game night and have a blast with them. Well, yeah. And that's one of the things that Kate and I talked about, how fun playing games with your family can be, but also the various lessons that aren't necessarily homeschool related, but can be socially beneficial and emotionally beneficial to families and kids and building relationships with your with your whole entire family through the active games, but then also how it can supplement or even be a big part of your own homeschooling. Okay, that is awesome. I cannot wait for this conversation. I think it's going to be a great one and we will get on with it right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of the Homeschool Snapshots podcast is brought to you by Maestro Classics. Visit maestroclassics.com for free shipping on all CDs and MP3s, which start at just $9.98. Order today and save 17% with the coupon code PAM. Add classical music to your homeschool with Maestro Classics, CDs, MP3s, and activity books. These nationally recognized recordings feature engaging storytellers with the London Philharmonic Orchestra. Choose from a dozen titles, including Carnival of the Animals, My Name is Handel, The Story of Water Music, and Peter and the Wolf. Each CD and MP3 includes a 24-page activity book with illustrations, puzzles, games, and fun facts for kids. At maestroclassics.com, you can download free printables and curriculum guides to supplement each recording and combine classical music with other school subjects. All CDs and MP3s contain educational tracks which explain how the music was made, 
who the composer was, the history and story behind the music, the instruments used by the orchestra, and most importantly, how to listen. Visit maestroclassics.com for free shipping on all CDs and MP3s. They start at just $9.98. As a Homeschool Snapshots listener, you can save 17% off your order today with coupon code PAM. Learn more at maestroclassics.com. That's maestro, spelled M-A-E-S-T-R-O, classics.com, where the best classical music curriculum awaits your homeschool. Caitlin Fitzpatrick Curley is a school psychologist and homeschool mom of three children, ages nine, seven, and six. Kate began homeschooling when her oldest son was five years old. She loves nature, good books, board games, strong coffee, and dancing in her kitchen. You could read about all of these things and more at My Little Poppies. She is also one half of the Homeschool Sisters podcast and co-founder of Raising Poppies, a community for parents of gifted and twice exceptional children. A passionate game schooler, Kate founded the game school community at My Little Poppies. Kate is a contributing writer for Simple Homeschool and Geek Mom. Her work has also appeared on The Huffington Post, The Mighty, and Scary Mommy. Kate, welcome to the show. Hi, Colleen. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be talking to you because I love talking to you. Kate and I co-founded Raising Poppies together, so we have a lot of fun chatting, and this is especially exciting for me. We talk all day, but never for the world. I know. <laughs> so this, this is, is exciting. We're going to have to like rein some of it in, I think. I know. It might get a little keep, crazy. Keep it contained. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So tell the listeners a little bit about your family. Sure. I live in Southern New Hampshire with my husband, my nine-year-old son, my seven-year-old daughter, and my almost six-year-old son. He's going to be six next week. And we are kind of eclectic homeschoolers and big game schoolers and book lovers. Fun. And how did you start homeschooling? Tell me a little bit about that story. Okay. So I have one of those, as you know, outside of the box kids. Beats to his own drum, very smart. He went off to kindergarten and he was reading Harry Potter and The Hobbit. And yet he couldn't sit in a chair and he didn't like to follow directions that weren't interesting to him. And he got in a little bit of trouble. And after working with the school, he was also struggling with sensory processing disorder and anxiety at the time. And the school system was honing in on the weaknesses without really recognizing or appreciating the strengths. And after a lot of back and forth, we decided to take him home. And he has had remarkable growth. And we have had so much fun most days, not all days. And we just decided to keep the other two home. Well, my daughter did a stint in kindergarten, same thing, wanted to come home by October. And then we never sent the youngest. And we are loving it. Fun. I love, um, there's a post on Kate's site, and we'll link to it in the show notes called, is it called Her Homeschool Manifesto or? Yes. Yeah. It's a post about her daughter's kind of decision to advocate for her own homeschooling. And it's just, it's precious. It's fabulous. So we'll make sure that we link to that one. Thank you. I love that post. There's a lot of posts I love of yours, but that one especially. Okay. So tell me, we're going to get into some of the questions that listeners here at the Homeschool Snapshots love to hear. I'm interested to hear your answers to some of these. So tell me, your homeschool day is like, which literary classic? Okay. (laughs) So as a book lover, this was really, really hard for me to answer. And I actually asked my kids and they wanted to use, it's not a literary classic, but it's a classic in our house. 
This is My Home, This is My School by Jonathan Bean. And if anyone out there hasn't heard of it, it's a picture book. Jonathan Bean was homeschooled himself, and he kind of describes what homeschooling looks like, and it's phenomenal. But if we're going to go legit literary classic, I'm sticking with Swiss Family Robinson because we spend a lot of time outside. We, the kids are very creative and make a lot of stuff. They're into survivalism. And I personally feel like many days are very zoo-like around here. <laughs> I love that. Um, actually, I don't, I've never heard of that book. So I'm going to have to go look that up because that sounds oh like a gosh, great book. I should send it to you guys and you can borrow it. Yeah. It's really good. Although really, really good. may not give it back if it's as good he as He includes say. pictures at the end of his upbringing. So it's all, all his art. He's an artist and illustrator. And then at the end, he includes some old photos of what homeschooling was like for him. It's really nice. Yeah. It'll give you a tear. That's cool. I'm going to have to go look that up. That might be something I order today. And the Swiss Family <laughs> Robinson made me giggle because I really think, and I've said this before, I just really think that we're living the same life because there's you know, <laughs> always an adventure. You never know exactly what's going to happen. And so you just kind of stay in survival mode most days, don't you? Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Flying by the seat of your pants. Exactly. So if you were walking down the home, the aisle of a homeschool vendor hall, and I know you haven't been to a homeschool convention, so you're going to have to like put yourself in that place. And you turned around the corner and you saw a younger version of yourself, like a brand new homeschool mom or someone who never thought she'd be like doing this thing. What would you tell her? I would tell her that she's got this and to relax and not worry about it and just play with your kids and trust your gut and that it will all be fine. I love that. How many times do you and I say, you know, just go play with your kids. Life would be so much easier if you just let things go and go outside and play with your kids. I often want to say that to a lot of people on the internet. <laughs> and so we say it to each other over Voxer yeah. instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your homeschool hero, Kate? Julie Bogart of Brave Writer. And anytime I'm having a rough homeschool day, I either watch one of her videos or I read one of her books and try to channel her. And I literally in my mind think, what would Julie do? <laughs> Doesn't always work. <laughs> but if I could find a way to challenge her, all the channel her, not challenge her, that would be great because I just think she's such a role model and she's raised five wonderful, worldly, intelligent kids that are out there doing great things. And I think that's what we all want. I love that. Tell us, if you don't mind, because I know um, a lot of listeners of the Homeschool Snapshots might not be familiar with Brave Writer. So do you mind telling us a little bit about like what that lifestyle is and why you identify so much with her and with that style of homeschooling? Sure. I think you can call it a curriculum, but it's more of a lifestyle. And that's the big difference. And it's something that you can kind of take the elements that you like from it and make it work for yourself. So there's a huge emphasis on nature, on art, on music, poetry, tea times, movie nights, games. She incorporates a lot of board games. And it's just a writing program that allows for the natural development of writing. So if you think about public school and the emphasis on writing in the early grades for children and a lot of worksheets and repetition of just a lot of laborious writing. Brave Writer doesn't do that. They allow the child's natural writing voice to develop. So you do a lot of wordplay, a lot of oral language. For the very early years, parents are expected to, they call it jot it down. So you're transcribing your child's words and helping them maintain their voice without some of the heavy work that's hard for little kids physically, really. And a lot of kids end up 
I was working as a school psychologist before I ended up homeschooling. And I saw so many kids that just hated the act of writing because it was physically difficult for them. And they were just asked to write too much too soon. So this preserves that creativity and passion. There's a lot of, she calls it enchanted education, a lot of very playful learning. And it's really, it's one, it has been a blessing for our homeschool because it just fits so perfectly with the way we live anyway, that we love it. That sounds great. And it sounds like a phenomenal philosophy and right up my alley as well. But I hope that some of the listeners will go check that out. Okay, so I have a question for you. Fill in the blank. If your grown child, blank, you will have succeeded as a homeschooling mom. Is happy. I feel like that's kind of generic answer, but that's really what I want for my kids. I just want them to be happy. I don't think it's generic at all. I think a lot of times we forget that we're trying to raise happy human beings, right? Because if you're happy, right? you'll be kinder. And if you're kinder, everything will kind of go right for you. So exactly. I, I don't think it's generic at all. All right. So how do you fix a homeschool day gone bad, Kate? Okay. So I usually turn on some Kenny Chesney in the kitchen and we dance it out. We call it Kenny Hour. Or we go for a hike because I find that anytime we get outside and we live in a really beautiful area of New Hampshire, that that's, we have easy access to a lot of trails or we read a book or we play a game. And on a really rough day, we try to do as many of those as we can. But I just kind of set the homeschool must-dos and everything in my mind aside because the reality is in school, if you had a day like that, a child wouldn't be learning anyway. So it's okay to have a bad day and get off track. All right. I think I know the answer to this one. Are you a planner or are you kind of more <laughs> of a fly by the seat of your pants gal? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is funny. So in life, I'm a planner, but homeschooling was the most impulsive decision of my entire life. And I try to keep our homeschool spontaneous. So I have an idea in my mind of like what I'd like to accomplish, but I have learned that it's okay to veer off track to follow a child's passion and jump down rabbit holes and see where the day takes you. So when it comes to homeschooling, I'd say I'm a little bit more spontaneous, but in life, major planner. That makes me laugh. And just in case the listeners don't know your story, one of my favorites about you is that you both like pulled out and started homeschooling as a former school psychologist. And started a blog like at the same time, right? And then <laughs> just as impulsively started a podcast. And I just love that because you are a planner in life, but those are pretty big life things that you didn't plan. They are. It's so funny. And those have been some of the best parts of life. So it's funny if you just let yourself be your off course and see what happens. <laughs> Could be magical. Could, could be. also be a disaster, but... It could also backfire. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've had a lot of those backfiring ones as well as a lot of those magical ones. So, you know, you just never know what's going to happen. So if I asked your three kids, what would they say is their best part of homeschool? It's funny because I just had to ask them this as part of... I did a survey as part of our homeschool portfolio. So they all said that they really love field trips, being able to go outside and reading books and getting to read extra. And then their least favorite part is either math workbooks or piano theory. For some reason, theory is a point of contention around here. But, but they like playing, right? Yeah, they love playing piano. They just don't like their theory workbook. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, you know, that was kind of a universal theme. So I maybe so. not workbook. It depends. 
which surprises me that they would that they said math, but it's just the they workbooks. They love math. It's it's if I say you need to finish this section. They love math, but they don't necessarily like when you tell them to do a specific thing in math. Gotcha. I have. I think that that's kind of one of those things that comes with our high ability, highly intellectual kiddos that I don't want to do it because you're telling me to do it. But exactly. if you didn't tell me, I would happily be doing it for hours and hours and hours and hours. Right. Because I can leave like a Greg Tang worksheet puzzle out on the kitchen counter and it will be done by the end of the day. I don't even have to say anything. But if I say you haven't done your Beast Academy in a while or you're Singapore, come over here. That's that's a battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have the same battle. My kids do Prodigy and Smartic and a bunch of other programs without any problem. But my 10-year-old is a full year behind in her Singapore workbooks because it became such a battle that I just totally let it go. And I said, by the end of your quote unquote fifth grade year, you have to be done with fifth grade math. I don't care if it takes you you know, one math level a year or if it takes you, you know, two in that last year, which is what it's going to end up being. But (laughs) by the end of fifth grade, I want to be ready to move you into middle school math and, you know, in the workbook. And she's just funny. But then sometimes they find something in the workbook that they love and they end up going ahead. So, I mean, it's this whole, what can you do? Yeah. (laughs) They keep you on your toes. Take deep breaths and dance to Kenny Chesney, right? Absolutely. What would you say is the best part and the worst part about homeschooling? Oh, the best part is just the flexibility and that you can, you know, I live in New Hampshire and there's iffy weather at certain times of the year. And if you get gifted a beautiful day in February, you can just clear the calendar and go out and enjoy it. And if you have a rainy day in August, like we have right now, you could hunker down and catch up on some stuff. I love that we can spend so much time outside. I love that my kids are getting a deep education in art and music that I know they wouldn't get elsewhere. I love that they're outside running. There's so much that I love about it. There's more that I love than don't like. So you're not going to tell us what you don't like about it? (laughs) I don't like that it's hard to not like this sounds lame, but that I when can I get a dentist appointment or a you know, go see my doctor or get a haircut, things like that without a whole shuffling because my husband works long hours. So just the logistics of when do I get my hair cut for the first time in eight months, right? <laughs> that sort of thing. I don't think that that can be minimized either. I think that that's kind of universal. I know that my husband and I talk about that in a slightly heated way occasionally because <laughs> he'll just let me know that he'll be home late because he's got a doctor's appointment or he can take a half a day off to go get his things done. And I'm like, I can't remember last time I had a physical or, you know, just (laughs) went and sat, you know, or called up my dentist and said, hey, I need an appointment to get my teeth cleaned. When are you available? (laughs) (laughs) So true. And it's never a problem for him to find those things. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We'll get off of that topic. Um, Okay. Fill in the blank for me. As a homeschool mom, I really rock reading books. We read a ton over here. Just it's our love language. <laughs> and you've got books, lots. Of, books. Tell me a couple of your favorites or a, cu- a couple of the things that you're reading right now with your kids. Right now. So we, all summer we've done doll. We just thought that would be a really fun way to read aloud during the summer and also pair with movies because there's so many movies that have been done. So we watched the BFG after reading it, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, I'm missing something in there. 
But right now we're reading a book that I read as a child that was one of the first books that I reread and reread and reread and reread. And it's called Behind the Attic Wall by Sylvia Cassidy. My dad and no was reading really that. Heard. No way. Yeah. She no, just she's picked, never heard of it. <laughs> yes. She just picked it up. The summer reading program, when you finished that, you got to choose a book and they had all these books that had been donated on the, like brand new ones on a bookshelf. And she chose that one as her book. No way. Uh I just, I love that book and I've been waiting to share it with my kids and it's, we're going slow but steady, but it's, they're really enjoying it. Yeah. Molly is talking about, she, it's one of those ones that she wants to give me when she's done. So she wants me to read it. So she's loving it. Oh my gosh. So that's our read aloud right now. But then we read picture books every morning and books before bed and lots of reading over here. Okay. And lots of gaming. I want to talk a little bit about that. So you used the term earlier in the bio that I read about game schooling. And so can you tell me a little bit about what that is? So you read a lot and you said you play a lot of games. Tell me what you consider game schooling is. So game schooling could be any number of different things. There are game schoolers who use games as their sole curriculum. And there are other people who might play, try to play most days. And then there's other people who do a day devoted to gaming. And then there's even people who do it kind of as a supplement, whether that's once a week, once a month, on birthdays, on holidays. It could be really whatever you want it to be. But game schooling is a great way to learn with your child in a way that's non-threatening. A child doesn't know if they're doing well or poorly. They're just having fun. They're not even seeing it as something necessarily academic. You don't even have to call it game schooling. It's play. And play is one of the main ways that young children learn. And I would argue that even teens and adults learn through play. And it's a great way to bond as a family. I know if If we're having a lot of battles around math or science, I could pull out a game and I feel better knowing that we're still working on that without the back and forth and power struggles and things like that. But it's been a really wonderful way to connect as a family for kids to learn together and to work on academic skills, but also social skills and turn taking and learning to win and lose with grace, which is a skill that some adults don't have. So it's even when the game doesn't go well. Because I get a lot of people writing to me about siblings fighting and battles and board flipping and cheating and things like that. Even when that's happening, it's a learning opportunity. And I would argue that it's valuable. So what got you started doing that, incorporating that? Was it just a natural flow or did you intentionally start doing it at some point? I'm a gamer. So I've been collecting games forever. And I've been just waiting to have kids to share them with. (laughs) (laughs) And when I was working as a school psychologist, I would use board games as a way to connect with children. I worked in Boston and outside Boston in urban settings. And games were a wonderful way for a child to connect with me, to feel safe, and to talk about really difficult topics while having fun. They wouldn't have to necessarily make eye contact. It's just a really wonderful way to connect with others and to learn together and to bond. That bonding that you talked about, especially the not needing to make eye contact, I'm finding, and maybe you'll experience this again as your kids get to the next level, with my 14, almost 15-year-old, we've started playing games again. And it's been great because I love games and I've loved games forever. But I'm not like, there are certain games. I don't love card games or role-playing games. And he does. He's just like naturally gravitated toward like Magic the Gathering and this old Lord of the Rings card game that uses gems and stuff and whatever that he plays with my husband. But I'll try 
to jump in there or at least introduce him to a game that I know he'll kind of like that I can still tolerate. And we can sit side by side and we have some of the best conversations. It is. It's such a great way to open up without feeling like you have to. It just kind of naturally flows. That's the neat thing about it. What are some of your favorite ways to sneak in family game time? So one of the ways... I and I'll do invitations basically. So at the beginning of a week during the homeschool year, I'll take out some games that we either haven't played in a while or certain subjects that I want to work on. And I leave them either on our hearth or our coffee table. And I just don't say anything. And just doing that, the kids will ask to play those games or will play with themselves during the week because they just see them there. And it's not a must do if we don't get to the mall, it's all right, but it's just kind of an invitation and some things I'd like to work on. We also are big fans of, we call it lunchtime learning. So we'll pull out either a trivia deck or like headbands is a great game that you could play over lunch. I'm trying to think of some other ones that we do, but we'll, I'll take a game out during lunch, something that usually card games work well, something you don't want to get super messy that is, doesn't take up a lot of space. We also play by the pool during the summer. So I have a bunch of waterproof games that I keep in my pool bag. And then anytime we're having an off day, if somebody's sick, if the weather's lousy, if we're just kind of in a funk, in a homeschool funk, I'll rely on games kind of to get us back on track. Also quiet time. That's that's an obvious one that I overlooked. But just one player games, if a kid needs a little moment, a one player logic game is a great way to learn without them realizing that they're even working on anything. Right. We just discovered a new one this week. I picked it up a long time ago. I'm sure you do that too. Pick up games when they're on sale and like stash them and mm-hmm. run across them later. Like, when did I get this one? There's a one person logic game that one of my kids found in my stash downstairs. It's like a chicken thing that you're moving the chickens around to get them to land on the eggs. So fun. I, it is. And they've been, my two younger ones have been loving it. So, and it's challenging enough for my 10 year old too. So It's It's nice when you can find one for a huge age range. Yes, I love those. Like perfection, you know, is a good fine motor one for teeny tiny tots. And then as they get older, they can- That stresses me out. (laughs) You know what? It stresses me out too. And my one kiddo with anxiety, it stresses her out, but the others love it. And so we keep the travel version. Quick question for you about games. Can listeners find some like lists? Do you have lists maybe on your site that are broken down? So you talk about ones that are, subject specific and learn different topics through games. Can they find some of that? I have a gazillion game lists on my site. So I have them broken down by subject and even beyond academic subjects. So cooperative games and fitness games and quiet time games. I also have game school challenge. So if folks come over and sign up for my game school challenge emails, you have access to kind of a more they're just easier to find. There's an ultimate game list that has everything broken down by subject there too, but they are all out there on the site. Okay. So we'll we'll make sure that we link to your game school challenge and then maybe uh, pull out a couple of those game lists and then links to where they can find more or your category page with games on it. All right. So we're going to get to the end of the podcast here, which we call the fast five. And I'm going to ask you a couple quick questions, five quick questions, hence the fast five name. Um, (laughs) I just want you to answer the first thing that comes to your mind. All right. So no overthinking this one. Okay. All right. You just received an Amazon gift card. What are you spending it on? Books. For you or for the kids or both? (laughs) Probably both. Okay. Favorite family game night game. I'm sure this is not an easy one. I have such trouble picking favorites. 
My personal favorite would be Ticket to Ride, but my kids right now are into funny games. So we've done a lot of apples to apples, not parent approved, which is very similar. Uh, Nuts categories. We have a scavenger hunt game where they run around the house finding things. And then Mad Libs and Heads Up, which is an app that's very much like head headbands that everyone should download. I think it's a dollar. It's hilarious. And it videotapes you as you're playing. So you have your phone <laughs> on your head and the people giving you the clues, you're being videotaped. So oh. it's hilarious. That sounds really funny. So real quick, I'm going to deviate from the Fast Five for a second because you brought, you brought up Mad Libs. So tell me this isn't like, you know, a geeky game schooling gifted homeschooler. We were at a, a play group on Wednesday and my daughter, my 10-year-old daughter had smuggled her iPad with her. Well, it's the family iPad, but she's kind of taken it over lately. And I went looking for her and I found her and four of her friends tucked <laughs> in the garage of the house where we were at. And they're all in a circle with snacks around the iPad. And of course, I'm like, what are you guys doing? It's 85 degrees outside. There are sprinklers. You're supposed to be outside running. They looked at me and all five of them at the same time are like, no, 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 Mrs. Kessler, Mrs. Kessler. They had downloaded the Mad Libs app <laughs> and they were playing Mad Libs in the garage. <laughs> you know, all these fun things going on, trampolines and snacks and sprinklers and squirt guns. And they are playing grammar games in the garage. Oh, oh my gosh. So I'm sorry. <laughs> that just tickled me and made me laugh because they're loving that right so now. Cute. So we're, we're getting some grammar practice, Mrs. Kessler. It's educational, they assured me. <laughs> so what is your best way to spend your day with your kids? I like to start off with coffee and books and read aloud to them. And then if it's a nice day, we get outside. And if we could work a game in there too, that'd be great. And if it's summer, swimming, pool time, beach time, lake time. Exhausting kids. Discriminating. Yes, exactly. (laughs) What are you reading right now, Kate? So Kate usually reads about eight books at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) I have an upstairs book, a downstairs book, a pool bag book, a car book. (laughs) Which one do you want to know? Whichever one you think listeners or more than one most need to get for themselves. Oh, goodness. Um, I am reading uh, the best one for homeschoolers would probably be At Home in the World by Tish Oxenreiter. That's been really good. Okay. That's my that's my downstairs book right now. Your downstairs book. I love that. (laughs) Okay. All right. Last one. I have to have blank to get me through the day. Coffee and Kenny Chesney. And you've got a, a special day coming up soon, right? A Kenny day? Yeah. Kenny comes up to Boston to celebrate my birthday every year. I'm really <laughs> lucky. So <laughs> a week from today, actually. I'll be there. Yay. Have so much fun. All right, Thank Kate, you. tell listeners where they can find you. You can find me at mylittlepoppies.com, at thehomeschoolsisters.com. And I have a Facebook group for game schoolers. Game School Community, My Little Poppies on Facebook. So you can find me there as well. Okay. And they can request membership to that with no problem, right? Yes. All right. I, sometimes I get a little backlogged, but I will let you in. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, right? <laughs> yes. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Well, there you have it. Everything you need to know about game schooling and bringing lots of games and hands-on activities into your homeschool, making it lots and lots more fun than it ever was before. You can find out all about the resources that Kate and I talked about on today's show at pambarnhill.com forward slash HSP56. 
You can find out all about me and some of the things that I share regarding game schooling and using books in your homeschool at RaisingLifelongLearners.com. And I'll be back again in about two weeks with another fun homeschool interview with a great person to follow just like Kate today. In the meantime, love on those kids of yours and keep on homeschooling. 